Hey everybody, welcome to a very informative episode of Back to School with Maja Brani. Today, we have Danny Duraney. Danny Duraney is in public relations. He's a leading publicist, PR person. Um, if you're on Twitter, you know him from his very nice and positive Twitter page, at Danny Duraney. He's here today to talk to us about PR, publicity, how to grow your brand. He's also going to talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the craziest PR things he's been involved with, including Sharknado. Remember Sharknado? And lastly, he's here today to tell us that if your father speaks French, that doesn't necessarily mean he is French. That and more right now on Back to School with Maz Jobrani. Maz Jobrani. Hey. Jobrani Maz. Oh, Maz Jobrani. Hey. Jobrani. Mazzy, mazzy, oh, maz, 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 hey. I got a podcast, oh, back to school, yeah. Hey everybody, yes, we are here, back to school with Maz Jobrani, I'm your host, Maz Jobrani, this is my co-host, Tehran, how are you, T? What's up, Maz, how are you? I'm good, so today we've got a PR person, Danny Duraney, he mm. has done PR with a lot of well-known people, and he's been in the business for over 20 years. And I know when I look at you, Tehran, you're really good at PR. How old were you, Tehran, when you realized the importance of PR, public relations? And how old were you when you started wearing your own name on your shirt and your hat and all that stuff as part of your PR? So I've always thought PR was important. I don't have like a specific age where I felt that. However, I did know that branding was always important. And there are pictures of me as a five-year-old with t-shirts with my own picture on my shirt. So I've always been a huge Tehran fan. And that comes out, obviously. But when it comes to any business, people don't realize how important commercial, advertising, marketing, promoting your brand, even if you are your own brand, is. And that's why I have a strong affinity towards PR. I see what PR can do and what great PR is. So that's amazing. And bad PR, subsequently bad PR can destroy you. So there is a lot for it and to say about it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of people, especially if you're entrepreneurial and you listen to this podcast, you know, you don't, you cannot underestimate the value of your PR, your public relations, how you put yourself out, what your what your uh, brand is and also what your message is, what you stand for, and you got to be consistent with it because ultimately we all think that Coca-Cola just showed up one day. No, it took years and years of the branding of the Coke brand or McDonald's. So everybody recognizes the Golden Arches anywhere in the world. Everybody recognized that round red logo anywhere in the world because they put so much money into doing that And eventually it got to the point where you might not even be thinking that you want a Coke, but then all of a sudden you see the red logo, you go, oh, I'm going to get a Coke. It just does it. So that's ultimately part, a big part of being, uh, uh, doing business and being entrepreneurial. And uh, I'm happy Danny's on here today to talk to us a little bit about some of the pointers on PR. Sometimes there's bad PR. How do you get through it? Right? So uh, we're going to find out today when we talk to Danny Tehran how do people find you all all across the board at I am Tehran and also touring with Maz we do have some huge dates coming up people are asking like are we coming back to Canada and the answer is yes we are hitting the Canadian cities which we had not before we will be there we will be there find me at Maz Jobrani across the board and let your friends know about this show spread the word you guys are our biggest PR Without further ado, let's go talk to Danny Duraney on Back to School with Majabrani. Back to School. Danny Duraney, thank you for joining us on Back to School with Maz Jobrani. How are you, my bald brother? I am doing fantastic. Uh, You know, it's a wonderful, wonderful day outside. You know, the dogs are barking. The sun is shining. So, Danny, you are uh, Armenian, Lebanese, and Italian? And Italian. I call that the mailman. Hey, there you go. It's like that much. No, my, I always, my... when, when, people, when people add more than uh, two to their background, my go-to joke is I go, how many people were involved in this thing? 
Yeah. You know, that's the... <laughs> I, 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 I'm happy that I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people are, you know, 95% one thing or whatever, but yeah, you know, everything kind of molds together all, all my nationalities well, in a way, but yeah. But, but they, a lot but, of Armenians and Persians will lie that they're half Italian. You actually are. So that... I actually am my, my, my great grandmother's uh, maiden name is Pizzali. 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 Now, do you speak any uh, other languages besides English? Um, I am. I I grew up with a lot of languages in my household. Actually, my father is an American. He's a, he's an Arab American. He's he's the Lebanese Italian guy. Okay. Um, here's a funny thing. I I actually on his side. I actually grew up thinking I was French. And what? Reason, yes. Lebanese. And, and, and the reason being is that every one of my, uh, I guess it would be great uncles and aunts and my great grandmother and, you know, and my grandmother's siblings, they all had these French accents. And I'm like, okay. And, they, and you know, my father would all of a sudden speak French to them when they called. And, and, you know, if you have an, one of those French accents that are coming out and my grand, great grandmother is speaking to me, my grandmother is speaking to me, I'm going to assume I'm French, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and I remember, I still remember this very, this very moment, my best friend, Mike and I, I'm 12 years old, maybe, maybe 13, clearly can't drive. And I grew up in, uh, I grew up in Palos Verdes, California. And, um, we were driving down Palos Verdes Drive East, and my my buddy were and we're in my dad's Nissan Maxima. Okay, this is how much I remember it. And my buddy just says to me, "Danny, you're French, right?" I go, "Yeah." My dad just like, "Bam!" No, you're not. Like, <laughs> just calls me out on it. I'm like, "Can you explain?" <laughs> because wow. People talk like this when you know and and you're on the phone with me and and are you on the phone and everyone's speaking french why am i not french well that goes to like the multi-ethnicity of this country right yeah. i mean a lot of places and, and also knowing your past i recently had a uh, situation with my son who was about to ask his first question from you uh -huh. um i had a quite i had a, I, I, i'd been telling I, I felt like they've been listening to me when I told them about my past and who I was and where I came from and I told him something that I told him like 20 times and he was like wait a minute you're born in Iran or something like that and I was like dude I've been telling you this for 13 years you're 13 years old I was like you don't remember listening and you realize your kids have a different perspective of what's mm -hmm. going on uh, but speaking of my kid I told him that you are um, you know public relations and so he had a question for sure. you to start us off here we go from Dara to Danny Hi Mr. Duraney I have a question for you How would you help Will Smith make a PR comeback from the slap All right how'd you bring Will back what would you do Wow that's a heavy question <laughs> to start the morning off with Well uh I think the first thing I would do uh, is, you know, it's a, it's a tough question because the, there's, because I, I mean, the, the problem is when you have a, when you have a crisis communications issue <clears throat> and I tell this to everyone, I tell this to, to, to kids like yourself who ask me these questions in colleges when I'm speaking in colleges or high schools or, or what have you. And whenever something bad happens, uh, the, I always tell people that, look, you don't owe an explanation to anybody. The only person you owe an explanation to is yourself, maybe your family, and the person that you may be hurt. Um, I think he did the right thing by apologizing to Chris Rock. I mean, obviously, he shouldn't have probably have done that. Uh, but since it happened, apologizing to Chris Rock is great, but look, he doesn't owe an, a, a statement to anyone. Um, but the best thing is whenever you have a, a, a situation in crisis, whether it's true, whether it's not, whether it's something you did or didn't do, just use time because the problem that the, the, the thing you have at your best disposal for, for any kind of crisis is time. You, you know, it, it's like, I, I, when I say to people, if you get into a fight with someone and, or you, you know, you, and someone punches you in the face, you know, it's going to hurt and you're going to be embarrassed. And then the next day comes along 
It's not going to hurt as much. You may not be as embarrassed as much. Third day comes along. <laughs> it's not going to hurt as much. It's not, you know, you use time as your disposal. And I think for him, it's to acknowledge what he's done, to acknowledge the mistake that he's done. And when you own up to what you have done or what, whatever you're guilty of, I think the public's going to be more receptive of it. For example, I think, you know, when, when, when the situation with uh, Kristen Stewart happened a long time ago, when she was, you know, dating Robert Pattinson and she had an affair with a married man, you know, she got caught. She owned up to it. We love her now still. It's still, she's still in the zeitgeist and we're still talking about her. When Hugh Grant years ago was caught with a prostitute, two days later, he goes on the Tonight Show, humble as hell to talk about it. Guy's nominated for Oscars. We're still going to see his movies. It, it's when you own up to it, we're more of a forgiving culture. And I mean, that's really what I would do. I mean, long story short. <laughs> that reminds me of the, that reminds me of when David Letterman had that situation where somebody on his, uh, somebody was trying to blackmail him and he came public yeah, with he it. Came clean. I, said, I was having a relationship or whatever. But here's my thing. If I were on team uh, Duraney and I was in the room, I would say, here is my idea on how Will Smith makes a comeback. He sits down and does a one-on-one -on -one podcast slash interview with Chris Rock. He's got to convince Chris to sit with him yeah. They're going to talk about it and they're going to get through it. And he's got to be the most humble person you've ever heard. Like, at no point should he be like, yo, you had it coming. Like, not, yeah. no, no ounce of that. You got to be there very humbly and be like, Chris, namaste. I'm so sorry what happened. Let's talk. What do you mm -hmm. think? I think right? that's a fantastic. I think that's a fantastic idea. I mean, they still say, I mean, I, I've heard that he actually, uh, apologized to Chris Rock that night and, and they were good whether or not that's true I don't know but it's, but a couple people told me that um but I think that's a fantastic idea I mean even if it's not a podcast it's just them just sitting down and doing no, no, Danny Danny it's got to be on this podcast Tehran your exactly podcast? I yes. was gonna disagree I was gonna say he needs to yeah. do a podcast with Master Body <laughs> that's Danny. where I thought it was going <laughs> yeah Tehran let's make sure we get them on we'll have we, we rarely have two guests at a time but we're gonna make an exception We'll have, if you're listening to this, it's now confirmed. Will Smith, Chris Rock will be on this, but just listen to every episode. They're going to be in one. You just have to listen. Pay, you have to listen to every episode and share, and then they'll show up. You and then they'll it. show up. <laughs> Danny, when was the, what now, first of all, just going back to what you do in public relations, like how did you even get into this? Like at what point in your life did you say, I want to be uh, in public relations? You know, I... There, I was wanted to be a handful of things when I was a kid. Um, I, when I realized I was not going to be the second baseman for the New York Yankees, um, I wanted to be. I wanted to be in in sports somehow or in the news. I actually wanted to be a play by play guy or or like being a, a sports anchor. And I actually got myself involved in news along the way um, for that. And I also wanted to be. I was also enamored with publicity too. To go back, real were quick. you a Willie Randolph fan? Is that what we're talking about? You went to second favorite base? player was Willie Randolph. There you go. All right. Favorite player was Willie Randolph. Um, and then um, that Derek Jeter guy came along and just screwed yeah. everything up. Yeah. <sighs> no chance. Um, yeah. And I, I always watch old movies too. You know, I used to watch old movies with my parent, my my parents and stuff. Not I mean, even before TCM. And you know how like you would always see. The, the the you know if it was an older movie or whatever and maybe it's like a biopic or something and you would see the paper like spinning around saying you know yeah. so and so stars whatever agent says and i go ooh you know i want to be in variety and say be the agent says or whatever yeah. I, I used to think that was really neat and so i kept a lot of those things in mind and when i was in college i actually became i, I got an internship i went to college in san francisco went to san francisco state university and I got an internship at KPIX TV, which is the CBS affiliate up there. And, I, you know, and here I am, you know, as an intern in the sports department. And I'm like, you know, I'm meeting people like Steve Young and, and, and you know, Ricky Henderson. Nobody cared about the Golden State Warriors back then. Um, 
but little, you know, little things, you know, you know, the, all these big names, you know, seeing Joe Montana and, and or whatever. And I'm hanging around all these guys, Barry Bonds, be, pre, before he got big and after he got big. Chris you Mullen, know? again, yeah. nobody cared. Chris, but Mullen, Chris Mullen. Yeah. You know, Chris Mullen actually, I think, just went to Indiana at that point. But nobody cared about the Warriors. You, uh, there was, we, we used to have Warriors season tickets in the sports department with tickets that thick for every single home game. We could not give them away. They were we don't talk track. about war years. That was a song back then. Yeah, we yeah. don't talk about not, war years. They were nobody horrible. did. You yeah. you could not talk about any any basketball with anyone. Like the only time people would go to see a basketball game is if one of the better teams or the Lakers showed up. And yeah. I would just take the Lakers tickets because nobody wanted them, and I'd go to every single game. Yeah. Um. So I was doing that, and I just got I kind of got along the way. I got a little bit disenchanted with news. I, I, it wasn't so much of, of, of being in it because the adrenaline is like nothing else when you're, for, for me at least, I love the adrenaline like during election season or if there was an earthquake or whatever. I just love being in it. But it just the, there was a lot of just like pettiness amongst the people. Like there was just, you know, people criticizing each other's hair and just ego, a lot of ego fluffing. And I just got kind of sick with that. And what happened was, I wanted to move back home. I was just, you know, married at that point. And, and my wife is also from LA and we would like, let's just move back home. It's, you know, it's because at the time it's like when the dot-com was rising and then when it burst and you're paying this insane amount of money, you know, for the smallest square footage of an apartment, it's like, what are we doing? Why are we here? You know? And so we just moved back home to be closer to family. And, and I was thinking, what's the next logical step? Well, it's, well, you've always liked PR. You, wanted to you know be in public relations you've dealt with public relations people in the newsroom all the time you met the pr people of all these sports teams that you were involved with why not you just make the logical step and do it and so i did and i ended up it took it took me a while it was scary it took me a while because i wasn't finding i mean i was working but i wasn't working you know enough where it's like am i doing the right thing am i making the right decision and you know i ended it took me about six seven months to get a job and i finally you know got a job NPR and it's gonna be 20 years this year I've been a publicist so it's crazy so working in PR it's always interesting to me because obviously there's like the good PR which is okay I've got a movie coming out help me get press mm -hmm. and then there's like the Ray Donovan type of PR where it's like I killed somebody can you help me hide the body and yeah. uh have you had uh, crises you had to deal with? Like, is there something that we know of that was a big thing? And and on the other end, have you? What was your one of your proudest moments where you were like? And then my client won the Academy Award. Which, by the way, the, the, imagine Will Smith publishes not to beat a dead horse, but he went from like the least proudest moment when the, when when he slapped Chris Rock. He's like, oh no, I got to fix everything. They're like, oh, he just won the Oscar. So that. That publicist had a very oh yeah uh, because that was that speech was one of the worst things I've ever heard in my entire yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, but but again, it's like one of those. Actually, that's one of the things I tweeted out. I tweeted out just so everybody knows I'm not Will Smith's publicist, and it kind of took off. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So what's one what's one of your highlights and lowlights to just so people people that aren't in this world know the kind of stuff you've got to deal with? Well, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, the the. The stuff that happens are, are usually the, the stuff that happens is usually not of, of the nature of, you know, murder or, or something that's really awful. I mean, there's a lot of things I won't touch. I won't go near, you know, um, you know, I've worked for a long time. I worked with a lot of the 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 women in, in, in the whole Me Too movement. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of uh you know being one of the first guys uh to you know publicly come out against harvey weinstein and 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 not saying i am the first but you know i, I think i was one of the first people to say like what the heck are we doing and, and everything and and i'm proud of that but i i think most of the people that come to me it's usually a situation where somebody's trying to do harm to them um you know, or, or, or they need extra help because they can't get their message out, which is probably the most important thing for, you know, for peers, like, you know, they realize they can't do it alone. I think most people know me over the last, God, what year was it? God, it's going to be, it's going to be eight years, six years. 
eight or, it's gonna be like eight or seven years it's crazy i think most people know me from when uh when casey Kasem was was taken by his wife uh pulled out pulled out of a uh a healthcare facility and you know he had louis body dementia and you know taken essentially his body was taken to you know across the country on a wild you know goose chase so because his wife did not want her the kids to visit him and i think most people know me because my client was carrie case and carrie was was casey's uh daughter oldest daughter and we worked together you know to try and bring casey home and tried and trying to bring uh justice you know for for a woman who was you know in the middle of an elder abuse <laughs> scandal and and trying to manipulate the situation just so her kids can see their father i think that's what most people know me from um if we have to do something that's famous i mean i think a lot of people know me as someone who <laughs> who uh was involved in the sharknado phenomenon when that actually happened on social media um when uh when that was i think that was probably one of the first social you know one of the first moments to go viral definitely on twitter for sure what'd you do what'd you do with sharknado Sharknado was funny. Sharknado at the time was, uh, let's see, what, I don't remember what year that was at all. I, I just know that my daughter, my, my, my youngest daughter, I think was like two at this point. And we were painting our house in the inside and we couldn't cook or do anything. So we had to go out to eat. So I come home and my, and my phone is just lighting up like, like something about you know, like getting, I'm getting at the time I used to keep alerts on, like I'm getting all these messages from Twitter saying, are you watching Sharknado? Are you doing Sharknado? I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? I don't even understand. And I see that I'm tagged in all these, like, like go on Twitter and I see all these, you know, these messages that are sent to me saying, oh man, you're a, you know, you're not watching Sharknado. This thing is, this thing is amazing or whatever. And I'm like, what is it? And I go and I click, I see oh, it's a TV show or it's a movie. And and I see, the, you know, I, I have no idea what it is. I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like, what, like this is, this just looks, this just looks awful. And then I, then I realize I'm like, oh wait, this is intentionally awful. This is all, you know, these, you know, like when the, there's that moment where the guy pulls, you know, pulls the, his daughter out of the shark's body, you know, body and cuts it For up. For those who don't know, Sharknado was just like a, uh, over the top, movie about a shark attack and tornado and all everything mixed together and it was just it was just silly fun yeah so you're watching it you realize it's nothing yeah it's it's, it's serious because i'm looking at it and, you know you're but how but how are you involved well basically so i get my friend kim tags me in this message something they say someone needs to get and i, and I remember because i saw the name I'm like is this a real name somebody needs to get thunder levin a a publicist, Danny, I'm looking at you. And I'm like, what the, I'm like, what the heck is, like, who's Thunder? And I go, that's, and I look him up. He's the screenwriter of Sharknado. And I'm like, oh. like his real name is Thunder? <laughs> so whatever. And I'm, in my brain, I'm thinking, because this is how, you know, I think this is how being in a newsroom works. And, and you know, just, you know, all, all experience over the years. I'm like, my God, the way everyone's talking about this, you know, like Mia Farrow's talking about it you know, the kid from Glee who ended up dying, I think the next day is, is talking about this. And, uh, all, you know, all these celebrities are going, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this dude is going to get all the press in the world if we just start right, like now, we got to work now. And I, and I said to the guy, and, you know, he's a, he's a younger guy and, you know, and, and I saw who he works for. I'm sure he's not getting a boatload of money. And I'm, I'm not even thinking about, you know, getting paid. I'm just thinking about this dude needs to get the exposure that he needs to get. ASAP. It just it just has to happen. I just remember I sent him a, I sent him a, a, a direct message on Twitter. We both followed each other, and I said, "Look, I'm sure you don't have money. I'm sure you know there's not a lot of time. But look, we need to strike while the iron's hot. This is what I want to do." And I think within 24 hours, I got this dude on Good Morning America, CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times. Uh, uh, I think CNN headline news or all these different stations. It was just like, bam, 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 bam. And, and we ended up, I mean, we ended up keeping it rolling so much that, that the sci-fi network was upset with me because <laughs> they told me to stop doing press because the stars of the show were getting jealous that this guy was, <laughs> was getting coverage. Great. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to stop. 
It's like their publicists suck. It's like I mean, I can't do my job. You got to strike when the when it's hot is what you're saying. Yes, always, always. I'm I'm all about momentum. I tell this to my clients all the time. I'm all about momentum. Keep it moving. What do you think of Tehran's PR? He's got his name on his hat. He wears clothes with him, so he's got his own painting in the back. How's Tehran? If you had to analyze Tehran and give him advice, what would it be? I think he's doing the right thing. I mean, it's almost like the only thing that is missing from his aesthetic right now are, are maybe like like fairy lights or like glitter lights or something that are like the Vegas sparkly lights, whatever you call them. As you can tell, I, I have two girls, so that's why I said fairy lights. <laughs> uh, but I think that's the only thing that's missing. But actually, in right there in the corner of a Zoom, there is an empty space in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right that, 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 yeah, so that's distracting. So more we Tehran. work on that. More Tehran. And yeah. then lights around your square there. Yeah. It used to be this painting, but for some reason, the little sticky thing doesn't hold up. So I had to get another little painting on top of the painting. I'll figure it out. That is amazing. Like, so like, so like when people come over, like you're on a date, does your date like look at, just see all these pictures of yourself? Uh, you, you have no idea. This is just one corner. You, you're like, oh, this is just for this. No, it's everywhere. And it's everything. So that's awesome. And I will always be my my own favorite brand, my own favorite team. A lot of people, they'll be like, why do you wear your name on everything you have? And I'll be like, you're wearing Ralph Lauren. That's literally someone's name. You're literally, yeah. you're wearing Tommy Hilfiger. That's his nickname. You're wearing Tommy. All you're missing is the social security number, Louis Vuitton, Prada, Gucci. All these are just people's names. Why? You're wearing a team. You're wearing uh, Lakers or the Patriots or whatever team, You the Warriors, whatever you love. Well, this is what I love. This is my brand. This is my team. This is who I play for. This is where I'm at. And that's I it. love it. Yeah. D Danny, what what's what does in this day and age of social media with with uh, what role do PR people play now? I mean, if, if a kid can just go do everything himself on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, TikTok, mm -hmm. why does it need you? Because I think the resources that's a good question. I like that. Um because there's still, I mean Look, you, like Tehran was saying, you know, you are your own brand. You are, you are in control of yourself and you, you are the one who is responsible for you doing what you do best. You know, the publicist is responsible for, and it depends on, it depends on what kind of person we're talking about. If we're talking about somebody who wants to be seen, are you talking about somebody who just wants to make sure that the, the publicist is there for safety? Are we talking about someone who just wants to be doing press? There's so many different aspects, you know, you know, I'm on PR teams where I just make sure that my client is just staying in check or, you know, just making or the whatever, not staying in check as, in, as far as getting in trouble, staying in check as far as, you know, everything that's happening is just going smoothly. Um, Stay on point. Like yeah. I, I got you an interview to talk about Sharknado. Don't start talking about the conspiracy Oops. of jewish laser aliens taking over the world stick to yes. stick, stick to sharknado exactly no gazpacho police or or yeah. or anything like that you know if, if you see people made out of gazpacho coming and trying to you know destroy your home then you know that's one thing um yeah i mean staying on point staying focused making sure your your messages are are great you know sometimes people who are there great at their pr they're horrible in interviews. They can't, I mean, when it comes to the press, they're, they're terrible. You know, I, I help media train people. Um, there are, there's just so many different reasons. I mean, you're, you are a, you need PR clearly for a, a reason. I mean, like you can only do so much yourself, but it doesn't mean you're going to be great at everything. Some people are, um, but I'm kind of like the way I look at it. I always say, I'm kind of like the big brother. I'm just going to make sure that everything is just going to be going smoothly. You're taken care of uh, in a positive light. You know, if you get in trouble, I'm going to make sure that, <laughs> you know, that whatever is being, whatever needs to be done is corrected. And I don't, I don't mean that like as a, like as a mafioso guy, because I, I, I'm totally not that person at all. If you look at me, but no, but, but as far as, um, just just looking out for you and just looking out for your best interests and making sure that you know you're 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 doing the right thing and you're and you're saying the right thing and you're treating people the way they need to be treated 
it's just it's just an extra set of eyes, you know, for you. So I mean, there's so many different ways that you need PR, and not everyone even wants that. Everyone wants something different. And and well, you know, it's funny. It's funny because Tehran and I and other comedians, we by nature, because what we do as stand-up comedians, when you go to different cities, not as much as it used to, but still, we would have to go do morning radio, or mm-hmm. you have to do an interview. And eventually you start getting good at it. And in terms of, oh, you know, telling the fuck, the, the couple of stories that you have, making sure you mention where people get their tickets. You, you know, you learn that. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I ended up on a TV show with a bunch of younger actors. And I remember they they sent their, it was on Fox, they sent their PR team to talk to all of us. And they were telling us like stuff to me that seemed basic, but you realize not everybody knows like what you were just saying, like, for example, if you're on a morning show, you know, make sure you're polite, make sure you're cordial. Don't be an a-hole. Don't drop, you know, cuss words. You know, you're you're representing Fox now. So it was it's interesting because so, sometimes you don't think about it until you see somebody in an interview saying something and, and you go, oh, my God, this person is. But but nowadays it feels like there's more of that and it's accepted. It's almost like that's what goes viral. If you go on an interview and say something, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 you're right. I, especially, you know, with standups, I think a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, whether it's the place that's putting you on, you know, I think a lot of PR is important, you know, to go like, you know, if you're doing something in South Carolina, you know, you're doing the local, um, you know, radio show there or shock jock or whoever, like all those things are great, but yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, maybe some of this stuff is premeditated and, and, and people are looking at to have that viral moment. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know none of my clients have. I know I don't. <laughs> I do press all the time when I'm on CNN or, or whatever. I don't I don't I'm not looking for that. I'm just there to do my job. I mean, maybe some people are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's really important that when you're doing those shows, you got to think, OK, what's the one? And, I, and I'll say this, whether someone's doing a movie, someone's doing a TV show, someone is, is talking about a product, I'm like, you could all, the, the key is to always come back to what you were there for, but you still be organic in everything you're doing, because I think the people will see right through that. Your audience is going to see right through that. I mean, look, I, I know you got a show to promote, but nobody wants to hear about the show you're promoting for five minutes, for six minutes. They want to be entertained or they want, you know, they want to have some kind of organic vibe to the interview they want to hear like a normal conversation but it's interesting because that 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 actually carries over into and i don't know tehran if you've experienced this that that carries that carries over into social media because i got a guy who who helps me with with social media now and and he made a good point because i was trying to you know when you put when you post a flyer i have a show coming up in this town people might look at it and people that are in that town might be like oh he's coming that's it but if you're able to come up with an entertaining video of some sort that everyone's going to watch, and in the middle of that, you're dropping that you're going to be in that town, mm-hmm. that's a lot more likely, A, to get views, B, to get people interested and have people share it with others. So, for example, I was trying to tell people of my upcoming dates. Now, a lot of comedians will take the phone and go, hey, guys, I'm coming to Fort Lauderdale, New York, uh, Jersey, blah, blah. they just list it. So three or four cities in, people are like, oh, this is a promo, out. I thought for one one time I did one that did pretty well. I said, listen, guys, um, I've decided to use different accents to announce the upcoming, every upcoming city. So here we go. And I was like, you know. New York City, you know, and then, you know, and then I was like, you know, I'm coming. And then and then the next thing was like, you know, you know, Boston, you know, whatever, whatever it was, it was so silly and so stupid. And by like a minute in, I was laughing. It was so stupid. I was like, okay, let's try German, you know, like whatever, you know, Chicago, you know, whatever it was. And people were commenting, oh my God, this is so entertaining. Not realizing that all I was doing was telling them about when I'm coming to their town. Yeah. Right. So you're right. It's, it's about, I think a big thing is like, be natural, get the point across. Yeah. But, um, but I think it's 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 important to to learn how to do that, right? Did you ever do you ever notice? I was talking with uh, Jenny Johnson about this uh, a little while ago, and 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 she was absolutely right. And and I go, do you ever notice that 
you know, maybe for you, like when you, if you have a flyer or, I mean, it's really not just you, but like if you're an actor that's going to be on a show or whatever, if you just put up a little like picture of it, nobody cares. But if you do something that's fun, you know, people are going to like, I mean, in, in my example is in like in her example, and I looked at it and she was right. I said, like, you can, like, she'll say something funny and like, you know, it'll get tons of responses. She'll do a video and she'll get some responses, but like she puts a flyer, you know, I'm going to be in uh, Peoria, two likes. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. No yeah. one cares. Tehran, how do you get to where, how do you fill your rooms, Tehran? Tehran well, does a good job of filling some shows in LA constantly. What do you do, T? Uh, well, the concept is I think PR is one of the most underrated, underrepresented specialties when it comes to anything branding is so imperative and important whenever it comes to a business and people don't understand that you expect commercials for mcdonald's but don't understand that there's an entire thought process that goes behind that right. commercials don't just show up so much so that mad men was one of the best tv series about people who created the advertising boom which led to the consumerism that exists today without those commercials then we wouldn't have fox or nbc or ABC or CBS or any of the networks. That is where it comes from. So with PR, not only do I think it's extremely important, the constant marketing of your product, always be closing. That is an ABC of business. And it's the same thing when it comes to marketing. I think people don't realize how important PR is. I'm not in the fortunate position to have a full-time PR person because great PR costs money as it should. People don't realize it's a business. You need to invest in yourself. Any business should, when Jeff Bezos has Amazon, he doesn't take 100% of the profit or he'd be worth $100, $100 trillion. Like that's not what he does. He puts 95% of it right back into the business and that 5% pays for everything else. And that's the concept I feel with PR. So you're right. I, I'm always marketing. I'm always expressing to people. I'm never ashamed to tell people. Some people are timid about having shows or what they do and, and humility is nice. But at the same time, I need, I don't have the PR person to be my mouthpiece. I need to be my own mouthpiece. So I'm always expressing to people, come to my show. You'll have a great time. And once I get them in, they have such a good time. They always come back. We have a lot of repeat people. As far as PR is concerned, Danny, what are some of the top PR blunders that you have seen in the past decade or two? And what are some of the top PR wins? Oh, gosh. So one of the aspects- Everyone remembers remember, blunders. I don't think anyone remembers wins. <laughs> I remember a couple of the wins. I remember a couple of the wins. I remember Winona Ryder going through her thing and then the whole free Winona process that got yeah. put out there, bringing her back in as, in the good graces, even though it never made her back into Hollywood. I think that- uh, I think that a lot of people have had a lot of great PR situations. I think Drake is the king of getting good PR out of things. I think some of the blunders includes LeBron James's decision to go to the Heat, where it was never publicized that the money that he received, about $50 million that he received for that huge uh, that huge debacle, which was the decision going from Cleveland to the Heat, he donated all of that in the entirety of the of the thing to the Cleveland Boys and Girls Clubs, which is why they have all these new gyms and facilities at this time. And that was never brought to light. Of course, he wanted to do something good nature and didn't want the PR, but that could have been something that a third person PR came out. And with Drake, I think, think little things like getting TikTok dances for songs that weren't hits like Kiki uh, weren't hits. And then he figured out a way to get that and make it a hit. I think that's someone and PR came up with that. Someone thought, hey, this is how we get this on. And they implemented it and it clearly was a success. Mm -hmm. um, to me, I, I, I think when it comes to PR wins or blunders, I, it, it's, it, it's a dip. I mean, the blunders are, are, are something because it's, it's so easy to see. It's so easy to see, you know, right through or what could have been done better to, to, help, to help the situation. I think over the years, you know, you know one that comes to mind, uh, as far as what she should have done is I think I, I, I always think about the, the moment where, where Kathy Griffin had, you know, held up Trump's, you know, fake head in the picture. I always think about that because, sure. you know, she didn't have to do anything at all. And she was convinced by a lawyer that she should have a press conference. And I remember them announcing 
I mean, like she could have, I mean, look, she could have apologized. She could have done whatever, but somehow was convinced by a lawyer to hold a press conference. What I, when I just said to myself, that is the worst thing she could do. And, and it was, and I mean, I know I spoke to her about it and she, and you know, like a couple of years later, because that lawyer was trying to screw with my, with my client as well. Um, I, I, I just told her, I'm like, you know, why, <laughs> why did you end up doing that? I mean, like I was just sitting there screaming at the TV, you know, saying, you know, why did you do that? When that was, you know, that was a mistake that, sh that shouldn't have happened. You know, I think of the blunders of a lot of these people who were accused of sexual assault, uh, you know, Mario Batali, who apologized for, you know, groping or doing whatever, uh, you know, what he was eventually led to is his firing on, on the, whatever that ABC show was called, the, the show with all the, what was that show called on ABC? The Chew, right? The Chew? Yeah. It doesn't right. matter. But what happened to him? He, right. he apologized. No, but, but he apologizes. And then he, he you know, he, mm. at the end of the apology, he's like, oh, and here's a nice, and here's a nice recipe for, <laughs> you know, apple fritters or whatever, or some like these delicious things. It's like, here I am apologizing for groping women. By the way, here's a recipe for whatever dessert. Sure. Or the same thing with Kevin Spacey. You know, Kevin Spacey was apologizing and decided, oh, this is a perfect time for me to come out of the closet. Like, no, <laughs> no, it's not about you at all. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, so those are the things I, where I, I, I see and I, you know, I'll scream at and just say, like, why are you doing or lost opportunities? You know, like what you were saying, Teron, about like, you know, if LeBron James, it's like, why is this not being talked about, you know, by anyone that this is, you know, why? And, and a lot of it, to be fair, a lot of it has to de go with the newsrooms are going to cover what they want to cover. Um, you know, you you might get a lot of people doing, doing a, like a media tour. You know, maybe they'll do like a satellite media tour where they're talking to various cities one at a time. Usually a lot of times that, that celebrity, even though they have a movie they have to promote, whether it's a movie or maybe it's a product or maybe it's something that they're involved with, you know, the newsroom, unless it's live, if it's not live, the newsroom is not going to cover what they're involved with. They're going to cover, you know, the, the thing that's more fun, um, whether it's, um, you know, it could be a show, you know, that they're covering, but at the same time, it could be like some kind of gossip or something that's going on in pop culture at that time. So a lot of the times the newsroom will dictate what they're going to do. And, you know, I think people, you know, with LeBron James, I think people are saying, oh, you know what? People are so upset that he's going to Miami and he's taking all this money and leaving all this behind. Let's just forget about all that. But a good PR person would say, look, let's, I, you know, I can get LeBron James on, let's say I'm LeBron James's publicist. I will get him on an interview with the New York Times or an interview with so-and-so because you can, it's LeBron James. You can probably do any of those things. Sure. And I'm going to get him to talk about this this only maybe we can talk about all this but the but the, but because you want him and I, we want something i'm going to get him i want to make sure that you know that he is doing this really good thing let's talk about that let's expand on that and those are the things that are important so to make sure that kind of messaging and those opportunities don't get lost are there no, times no. i'm sorry Miles. go ahead no, go ahead go to you, are go there ahead. times that there are okay so this is there are third party pr What's the secret PR group that is hired by a, the main PR because they can't be seen to get their hands dirty with stuff, right? So there's a lot of times, for example, in corporations, let's say we saw that Pepsi commercial with Kylie Jenner where she's putting a flower and then Coca-Cola pays to make sure that gets out and starts this whole, this whole uh, train where people are seeing this in a negative light because what's bad for Pepsi is good for Coke. And vice versa, we saw that in the past where Pepsi Clear come out, came out and then Coca-Cola went ahead and created a clear Coke in order to undercut Pepsi's clear market. We've seen a lot of that type of PR. How does that PR play? And, and do you get to do any of that good fun stuff? Because I feel like that would be the most fun. Um, Deny till you die, Danny. That's PR rule number one. <laughs> Deny till I, you die. I am not that person. Okay. I am not a denier. I don't want, cause I don't like that. I look, maybe I'm, I'm old school or maybe I'm a different school. I don't know. 
But I, I'm Smart. an, I'm an, that's good I'm, PR right there. I I'm like an that. own up guy. Yeah. I'm an own up guy. I mean, the, my first thing, if someone gets in trouble or someone has, look, during this Me Too stuff, there were a lot of good dudes who got accused of things that, that never happened. And it turned out it never happened. And, you know, I used to say to one guy, cause I would have men look, I, mostly they were women that I was working with, but I would have men come to me and, and, and my first question, and not just to them, but to anyone who gets in trouble and anyone who has a crisis, my first question always, always, always is, did you do what they are saying you did? Always. Because I, I, I look at it this way, and you got it, Tehran. You, you are actually, you do this. You are your own brand. I am my own brand. Even though I'm not on, like, on TV, like I'll do interviews and stuff, but I am my own brand. I'm not going to get myself mixed up with you if you said if you did this awful, terrible thing. I am not going to get myself mixed up with you if you are lying to me, lying to yourself, whatever. That is my first thing. Um, I don't like denying because, I mean, if, if you end up lying about something, all you are doing is exacerbating a terrible situation and making it worse on yourself you have to own up to what you're doing. Again, it goes back to what we were talking earlier. If you go up and you own up to it, your whether it's your family, whether it's your public, whoever it is, they are going to appreciate that. They are going to appreciate who, you know, what you are doing, what you are trying to accomplish, what you are trying to celebrate, what you are trying to to, to bring out the best in, in, in yourself and your people, your product, whatever it is. They are going to, they are going to be more accepting of that. And I am not in, I mean, de denying, I mean, look, you don't have to talk about anything. You don't have to talk about uh, what, if, if you about are- About killing about Nicole Brown Simpson. You don't have exactly. to talk about it. <laughs> you don't have to write a but book. You don't have you to, write to write a book, book that says, if I like did that, it. Like that, I will say, to go back on it, that's brilliant PR, you know, because he used, they used it to their, to, to their advantage. Um, what you know what they did that's there there's your example unfortunately i have to use that one um but um again it's it's you, you owning up is so much better than denying but again you don't have to you, you don't i mean you don't have to also talk you know will smith did not have to talk except on this podcast he does not yes have, he, yes he does he doesn't have to talk he doesn't next own, episode next episode I feel like Chris Rock, is, a response. Chris Rock is doing the best thing by not saying anything. I feel like it's yeah. gaining and garnering him so much goodwill and attention. Mm -hmm. Anything he says, if he does speak, it's the concept of everything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law, but also in the court of public opinion for the most part. Which yeah. is why sometimes when we keep the Leonardo DiCaprio's away from everyone, it's the best thing you can do because mm -hmm. it keeps that momentum and that celebrity going in a positive mm -hmm. light. Because you Absolutely. don't want Leonardo DiCaprio talking about dating 18 year olds and you don't want, and, and, and the pussy posse, you don't want him talking about that because you don't know where that conversation can lead. No, no. And, and you and give it and you give it time, like you said, it's, it's, that's the interesting thing too. That's with social media as well, by the way, because we all know on social media, sometimes things start blowing up. Yeah. But if you ignore it and give it time, let me it just kind of, you know. Let me give you an example of that. Um, I don't remember what year, what year did Trump become president? 2017. Okay. So in 2017, I had a client, my, my client is, you know, at the time was, um, a, a, a best-selling writer named, um, uh, Bruce Cameron and Bruce Cameron, for those of you who don't know, he writes all those best-selling books about dogs, a dog's purpose, a dog's way home. Um, he wrote the the John Ritter sitcom uh, Eight Simple Rule Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. Um, so he wrote, he and his wife Catherine Michon wrote the screenplay uh, for A Dog's Purpose. What happened with The Dog's Purpose is that you know everything was being great, and if you know and if you know these two, they are the biggest animal advocates. Do, I mean, dog dog activists and 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 making sure you know dogs are getting adopted, dogs are being taken care of, and so forth. And the, the movie was shot in, I believe in Winnipeg, I believe of all places. And so one day they were filming and an infiltrator from, P from PETA came along and shot video. 
and somehow the video was manipulated into making it look as if the dogs that were in the video were being harmed. So they had a green screen in front of a pool, which eventually, if you saw the movie, it's it, it's the scene where the police dog is, you know, trying to get a rob a robber in the ocean or something like that. But they had a green screen, and for whatever reason, at this very moment, the dog did not want to jump in the pool, which is fine. And so, you know, they're trying to you know get the dog to do it or whatever, and they're and, and they're they're not forcing them to go in or jump in. But they're just, you know, trying to, you know, just to make sure that it's going and they're egging it on. Not egging them on, but what's the word I'm looking for? Goating them on. Yeah, doting them on. Like, come on, let's go. Come on, come on, buddy, or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. Hercules. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's a video of that where it looks like, and then all of a sudden the dog kind of put, like, the, its hands in and, and, like, the, the trainer came in and, you know, you know, it was taking him out. But it looked like it was, the way they manipulated it was it to make the dog look like it was being forced into the pool. Then there's another scene where it's the same pool and the dog is swimming, but the dog, but, but, the, but, but the, the pool had jets so to make it look like the water was like in motion or, or whatever. And the dog was kind of like losing, it was, I don't know if it was tired or what, but it looked like the dog was kind of going underneath the water a little bit. And what the video didn't show was like, you know, there's five people in the pool to make sure nothing happens to this dog at all. But the video made it look like the dog was drowning. So they did, so they got their narrative out and everything. And this whole thing comes out. They sold their, you know, PETA sold its video to TMZ and all hell started breaking loose. And this is like, I think this is like two, three weeks before this movie's supposed to come out. And this movie's highly anticipated. You know, they, I mean, I know that they wanted to, if, I mean, at least make by on opening weekend or what they wanted to make at least. 10% more and they would consider this thing a, a success. And so PETA comes out, they sell this video to TMZ and everyone is just talking shit about this movie. I mean, you go on Rotten Tomatoes and it's just like, everybody's like giving it like negative reviews and it's not even out, you know, you go and it's already the, the you can pre-order the, the movie on iTunes and it's all these one-star reviews. It's not even out, just a total absolute nightmare. And so, this is happening you know we're having talks with universal all these people it's like what the heck do we do and the first thing we wanted to do was look at the video like look, look at the reality because you know they're filming the you know the people are out the, the film is shooting it as well as this PETA guy and if you see it happening you know you 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 see the op like the one video that PETA shot you know you can see the five six seven people in the pool trying to stop the dog in the one video. So their video made it look like it was just submerged and no one was around. The other video, you can see that he's trying to help the dog get out of the pool. So like the, so we so we saw the video and we knew that, you know, we have the proof everything is going to be on our side. So we all got together and we're like, well, what the heck do we do? And this time we knew that, you know, the country was just going to be in utter disarray with, with Trump's inauguration happening and all this stuff. And I, and I, I, at that moment, I knew one thing was happening. Um, I knew that we were having an awesome piece on my client with the New York post who wasn't going to mention any of this TMZ stuff. It was just going to be this awesome profile piece that was going to come out on the weekend. We knew that, um, Oh God, Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid was going to be on the show. Uh, not on the show, on, on the Ellen show, he was going to do damage control there. So that we, we, we knew that was going to be okay, but we knew, um, I, I didn't, I think we got him an interview, my client an interview with Access Hollywood um, on that Thursday. And I said, but I remember just sitting with my client. And I'm like, look, this situation sucks. We know the truth. We know a good piece is coming out. I go, but look, what's happening next week on that, on whatever that Monday or Tuesday. I go, Donald Trump is going to be inaugurated as the president of the United States. No one is going to talk about this at all, even though we know the truth of what's going on. Let time and let our, you know, whatever, whatever is around us, the current events, let that be our ally. You know, we're not hiding anything, but the hate and the, and the vitriol that you're getting from all these people who don't know the truth, uh, you know, that's, that's going to take precedent. Let's use that. Let's take our time. Let's, we don't owe anybody a response right now. Let's just use this one interview is going to come out then. Dennis Quaid is going to be on Ellen on this day. The inauguration is going to happen. 
No one's going to be talking about this. And then everything, and then the shit at the fan. So you guys had the last big scandal before the next four or five years of weekly, daily scandals. So the day when the inauguration happened and you had um, Donald Trump's, uh, what was this, the, 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 the secretary, the um, press secretary, um, um, I forget Spicer. his name now, Spicer going, this was the biggest uh, audience ever in an inauguration. <laughs> right away, you're like, oh, this is so good for the movie. This yeah. is so good for the, and, we're going to see the movie. People want to see mean, a dog knew, movie. We knew it was going to be salacious, <laughs> but we didn't know it was going to be friggin' bananas. Hilarious. I, I mean, I, I just remember going, when, when that happened, I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> oh my God. But that's, but that's good PR is, is again, you don't owe a response to anyone, but if you are planning a response, take your time, look what's around you, you know, talking with my clients saying, look, we're getting all this negative feedback, but look what's happening in like three days. You know something's going to happen. You know, be no all one's right. talking about us. And in the end, the movie made more than we thought it was going to make. It made $200 million worldwide in 2017. They win in the end and they get and they get another movie out of it. Yeah. So, Danny, before we let you go, um, are you still doing the podcast with Joe uh, from Jersey? Uh, the Shut we're, Up Kabula. We're on a break. It's 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 like right now we're on a little bit of a hiatus, but you know we're on a okay. break, and and I, I don't know what's going to happen with it. How did uh, you hook up with Joe from Jersey? She followed me on Twitter. Um, I don't even know why. You know, Talk I, about good PR. She's really good at like getting out there and creating what she created. I mean, we love her. We had her on the show as well. Mm -hmm. But she's really good at at like you know knowing how to work Twitter. She was teaching us how to work Twitter and get involved in the right yeah. arguments and grow your Twitter fan base. <laughs> yeah, we we have the opposite Twitter accounts. I mean, where mine is more about. Um, Yours are like pictures of dogs and it's all I, friendly. Because to me, look, to me, I, I always think of like if you anyone goes to my Twitter, they're not expecting to hear about politics, you know, because no. I always say, you know, you're always, you know, you're preaching to your own choir. It's like everyone yeah. that follows you or you follow, you probably think like them. Yeah. I'm not and I'm not going to solve, you know, the world's problems on, on social media. Unless, I mean, going out and actually doing something. Yes. But, you know, I don't. I'm not a fan of yelling at or, or replying to, I mean, I've done it. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to be hypocritical about it, but I'm not a fan of just always like, you know, talking to a person I don't agree with. And, and no, just, your, you know, your Twitter for people, if you follow at Danny Duraney, your Twitter is very positive and, mm -hmm. and it's your Twitter is needed because there's also the other Twitter, which has, you know, the arguments, but that's also needed. It is. So, but, but it's interesting. You and Joe got together and did the podcast, Shut Up Tabula. So people should look for that. Yes. Um, listen, I, I want to go to a, a speed round. I'm going to ask you quick questions, quick answers. Okay. This Let's is called it. Back to School with Danny Duraney. Back to school. Uh, were you popular in high school? I was in between. I was, okay. I, yeah, I, I was not, I was not, whatever, a dork. Um, and I was not pop because I like to hang out with everybody. I didn't, there I didn't. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You, you were a good dude. What did you want to be when you were in high school? In high school, probably wanted to be the singer of a heavy metal band. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. What would you tell your high school self if you could tell yourself one thing? One thing. Uh, move to New York. There you go. <laughs> that's, a good, that's good advice. What other profession would you do if you could? Baseball player. There you go. Do you recommend people get into your profession and why? If you want to i think it depends what you want to do and why you want to do it if you believe in helping people if you believe in laying the the fighting you know fighting for the person who doesn't have a voice and 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 raising their voice and raising your own voice and being passionate about what you do absolutely if you're doing it just to be seen get out of here beautiful great advice tehran what'd you learn on this episode I learned always be branding. It's ABB, not A, not just ABC. Do the abs. That's right. And I learned that Danny Duraney has three backgrounds, Italian, Armenian, and Lebanese. And he's not French. No, <laughs> not French. And my mother speaks Turkish, too. Holy moly, it gets confusing. <laughs> 
Danny, thank you for being on the show. Uh, people find you at Danny Duraney on Twitter. Again, I, I like you said, it's actually a very pleasant Twitter page to follow. After I go through scrolling a lot of the crazy stuff, I always get some really uh, sweet videos or photos from you. So thank you for making the world a, uh, a better place. We can make the world a whole lot brighter. We there you can go. Was that Brady Bunch? <laughs> right? Uh, I want to say, Danny Duraney, thank you for being on Back to School with Majibrati. Back to School. Thank you for listening to another episode of Back to School with Maz Jobrani. We hope you're enjoying it. We hope you're having fun. And we hope you're learning something. So make sure to let your friends know. Share it on iTunes. Share the clips from YouTube. Just get it out there. However you're listening, let your friends know to tune in to Back to School with Maz Jobrani. Back to school. Yeah.